0: Welcome to Imperfection in Training. I'm Priyanka. I'm Maddie.
1: And we're just two 20-somethings somewhere out in the world asking, what is art?
0: What is life? What is the, the universe? universe? Hey, everyone. So today, we're going to be talking about communication in relationships. Hooray, Woo! fun times. This is obviously mm. a huge topic. So we are going to be focusing specifically on communication in long-distance relationships, building on our personal experience. And we mean that in terms of long-distance relationships of any kind, whether that is family, friend, romantic, all of of the above, all relationships. All relationships that need communication. Which is all relationships.
1: Relationships. (laughs) I'm so redundant. (laughs) Oops. Well
0: yeah so this is probably a topic we will be discussing many many times as both of us have had mixed experiences with this to say the least
1: and a lot of feelings
0: many feelings <laughs> so many feelings
1: <laughs> all the feelings
0: but yeah if you have any specific questions for things to do with communication and relationships that we don't touch on today just head over to our Instagram at imperfection in training to ask us did
1: you like the nice plug that I did there? Hell yes. <laughs> Alrighty. righty. So context for today is that Maddie is about to visit their partner who lives in the U.S. and they're about 6,000 kilometers away from each other. Yes, kilometers, not miles. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> that was very aggressive. I still love you guys, but still deal with it. And they will have just arrived in the U.S., Right. A few days before this airs, which is super exciting. And the other part is like, both Maddie and I have lived away from where we grew up for a very long, extended period of time. And so we're quite used to having to balance friendships with people who are far away and having to like figure out how to actually have friendships and relationships with people who are really far away. And so it's just something we think about all the time, mostly because our relationships would not exist without long distance communication.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, like, for both of us at the moment, because we're living in cities, or well, we move to cities where we don't really know anyone, it was going from having like one of my like groups of people who I know being in London and then being in the same place as the other group, to then both groups of people who I know being like long distance. Um, So that was also like another added layer of the challenge, having going from like 50% of my relationships being long distance relationships to like 98% of them. That's also a time but yes i have i have many feelings as someone who's been doing long distance with their romantic partner for almost a year now i have some feels about it most of them are not positive <laughs> in that in that like my communication with my partner is great but long distance sucks like <laughs> we should be able to teleport that would be nice.
1: We should be able to teleport. The world would be a much happier place. Well, I say the world. Really, I'm talking about me and one other person who I had this conversation with. So I assume everybody else will too.
0: Yeah. Although sometimes I think about like what if teleportation actually existed. Like We would no longer be able to like read on commutes because everyone would just be expected to teleport to work.
1: But then we could read until we had to teleport to work.
0: Right, but probably because, you know, capitalism is the worst, people would be like, oh, well, now you can work longer because you can teleport. You don't have to factor in commute time.
1: This is a topic for another day.
0: (laughs) I feel like, wait, I don't know how many um podcasts you listen to that do this but definitely like on some of the podcasts that I listen to there are like things that are in jokes and so they like joke that they're like oh the drinking game for our podcast all these are the rules but I feel like if our podcast had a drinking game it should be like every time Maddie mentions capitalism <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god every time Maddie mentions capitalism and every time Priyanka I don't even know what do I do all the time
0: every time Priyanka jokes about commitment <laughs>
1: Oh lordy. (laughs) These people are gonna be shit faced by the time they're done. (laughs) Okay, anyway. Between the two of us. Okay, moving on. So, Maddie, how have you been feeling
0: about the fact that you're gonna be seeing your partner again soon? I am super excited, but not in the way where I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited for this. More in the way that I'm like, I'm excited to go to feeling how I feel like life should be. It's like, I feel like that's the like neutral and the being super far away from each other is negative rather than being super far away from each other being neutral and then being together being like hugely positive. I mean, obviously it is positive, but I feel like that's what I want like everyday life to be like, if that makes sense. Like that's what I want normal to be.
1: Guys, Maddie is very in love and it's the cutest thing ever. It makes me very happy.
0: We've literally been together for almost two years and I still, ugh, anyway. But yeah, I'm super, super excited to be seeing my partner again. I feel like the time that we have to spend away from each other is obviously it's, I would so much rather do long distance than not be together because my relationship is wonderful and I foresee us being with each other for a very long time. But it sucks to constantly be missing someone who you care so much about and it sucks to constantly especially because for us there's a six hour time difference and so the amount that we actually get to talk even just like texting is really not very much at all. It's not as though like oh well like okay yeah we only get to see each other like however often but like at least we can you know video chat all the time whatever but like for me and my partner because there's a six hour time difference by the time he's home from work like I'm asleep and then especially because I sometimes have to work on the weekends, that means that we can't even like video chat then. And so there's definitely, we definitely have to find ways to like be really creative about it. And I feel like one of the things that I see very much, I think I see it the most probably in my relationship with my partner, but also in my relationship with my friends is the importance of not taking people's time for granted. You can't share very much of that time anyway, I think that, um, so like, for example, with me and my partner at the moment, last weekend I had to work afternoons on both Saturday and Sunday, and then this weekend I have to do the same, which means... Obviously, we can't talk in the morning by time because you know it's the middle of the night for him. And then once I get home, it's like 9 pm, and maybe we can talk for an hour or something, but that's not very long. Like, having one hour of talking for a whole week is not really a very long time when, like, that's your main point of contact. And so, some of the solutions that we've come up with is like, okay, where can we find other small pockets of time that work? for us to talk. And so things like when my partner is like getting ready in the morning, then we can talk. Or also things like just going out of your way to be a little bit considerate. So for example, with my job, sometimes the hours are not super consistent because it just depends on like how busy the day has been. So for instance, last Sunday was Mother's Day in Germany. And so the cafe was super, super busy. And so we ended up, I ended up not getting home until really quite late because it was just a really busy day. And so things like that, then we ended up starting our like video chat a little bit later and things like that. And I think that going out of your way to be considerate and like giving someone updates in terms of like, okay, like this is the situation. I think basically making it clear that the reason you maybe can't talk is nothing to do with them, but is actually just to do with you. Because I think that's one of the things in long distance relationships, either platonic or romantic, it's super easy to take everything really personally and to interpret everything as like, this person is ignoring me or like they don't wanna talk to me or like I've done something to upset them or they don't care about me, they're not prioritizing me. I think it's long distance communication just makes it so easy for all of your insecurities to bubble up to the surface. And I think doing whatever you can to kind of preemptively Soothe those insecurities so that they don't come up for whoever you're having this relationship with. I think is really, really important.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Slight side note:
1: I haven't heard the words the word soothe in a very long time, and I just wanna I just wanna say it was the perfect word to talk about placating insecurities, and I'm just very pleased. It just it felt very perfect to me. Like, anyway,
0: I'm glad you like Um, my choice of word. (laughs) <laughs> um but
1: but honestly no i i super super agree and i feel like that's totally something that is super true obviously in platonic relationships as well which is me being the chronic single friend that i am which is a joke you're gonna hear me make a lot because it's very much it's it's you know it's one of those jokes that like i joke because it's true wherein like 99 percent of my friends Ninety-nine. No, let me be. Let me be specific. Ninety-nine percent of my closest friends are in deeply committed relationships, or with their endgame people, or are like basically married but not yet even engaged. But they like know it's coming, and I'm. And so I go between being like, haha, I'm the last. I'm like the last single person, to, I'm the chronic single friend. And then every once in a while, someone will turn around and be like, "But you're next," and then I run away because I hate commitment. Which is another joke you'll hear me make all the time.
0: And I'm sure will be an episode in its own right.
1: <laughs> yup, but that ain't today, because I can't commit to that yet. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. <laughs> but no, 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 no. But but realistically, like I feel like that's totally something that I've noticed. Um, I really appreciate when people do for me um, in friendships even um, because I feel like here's the thing right it's hard to tell what people are thinking or feeling over text and we know this like this is a this is a documented thing this is very widespread given that we talk so much and communicate so much over text like. That's why emojis are so important. That's why the way in which you talk is so important. But it's so funny because like even with like okay, I had this situation just this last week where like I was meeting up with a friend of mine and she's someone who's she's a newer friend, but we both really connect and we we already joke about how we're going to live in the same city um in 2 years and then like um have all the fun and like I'll like make friends with her kid and it's whatever. Not going into that part. Um I texted her last week asking her if she wanted to get drinks, which was which like and she I think she said and then she like didn't respond to me and so I was just like oh my god what if I was too eager what if I was too this what if I was do that and I went on this whole thing, and and so as it turned out she like responded to me yesterday like right in time to ask if I could hang out at exactly the chunk of time I had for that day so it was perfect and was obviously not that she didn't want to see me because she texted me back first of all I feel validated as a human but jokes apart it was like. Initially, I was actually pretty pleased with how I handled this internally. It was like, initially I was like, "Oh my gosh, she hates me, blah 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 blah." And then eventually I was like, "Okay. She is a mother. She is a mother to a young child. She is a mother to a young child who is all like also has a husband, also has a life, also has multiple 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 other friends outside of you and is running her own business. She might be this fun little thing called busy. <laughs> it just might be the case. So calm down and just let it go." And then I was right. And that's exactly what it was. And I was just going to say that. And so like, and specifically I told her she wasn't allowed to feel bad because she's the sweetest, sweetest person ever. Um, I will plug her Instagram and her business to y'all potentially at the end of this episode or maybe the next episode, because like if you're in New York or if you're ever going to visit New York or in the U S you should know her because she's an independent bookseller and she's like my favorite person ever. She's really sweet and she's an angel. Um, Firstly, support independent booksellers. Also support independent female entrepreneurs who sell vintage female-authored books for very accessible prices. Basically, Britney's amazing and everyone should love her and give her business because she's fantastic. Anyway, but the point being, like, when I talked to her about it, she actually, firstly, she obviously felt really bad. And I was like, no, don't feel bad because the truth was I was just being silly. Like, there's someone not responding to you immediately doesn't mean anything. Like, especially when you're older and busy. And I get it. I do the same thing to people. And she was like, yeah. And the other thing was that she told me she actually had people over at the exact minute I sent that text. And so she just couldn't deal with it immediately. And then she forgot, which also happens to everyone. Like I've I've done that where like I've been talking to someone and like I'll I'll be really busy when they message. And so I'll say I'll mess I'll like return their message the next day or the day after. And then seven months pass and I haven't responded to them. Like, I swear this has happened to me five different times to the point that I have since accepted I'm a bad texter. And that is just part of it. And so, like, and, and like, people know this about me and thankfully know not to take it personally when I don't respond to texts. I'm better with you, Maddie. I make an effort.
0: <laughs> no, wait. The reason why I'm, like, making a amused face is because I have recently had to, like, seriously renegotiate a core intrinsic part of my identity which was that I am good at texting people back quickly I am no longer good at texting people back quickly and like honestly Aww. I know I'm being over overdramatic but I feel like it's shaken my sense of self a little bit <laughs> yeah like there have been multiple instances where like I just haven't responded to someone there's like still like there's maybe like five people who I will always respond to within a decent amount of time that's like my partner, my bestie, my parents, and my sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and like a few other people as well. But like realistically, that's the the, the core group. And then I'm I'm a bad texter now, and. <laughs> And I feel so guilty because I've been so unreasonable with so many of my friends who are bad texters and been like, oh, it's just not that hard. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. It is that hard.
1: So firstly, sophomore year, me feels very validated. (laughs) But also I'm just so proud. Honestly, I swear Maddie's like starting to be on time to things, which is like, like later than they have been in the past because they used to be like early to things which you might be early again but like whenever maddie does something less perfectly than they used to um which which i think you're still perfect but you know what i mean or like when maddie becomes a bad texter i'm just like yes my bad influence is rubbing off good (laughs) (laughs) what does that tell you about me oh lord Anyway. Cool.
0: Um but yeah, in terms of what you're saying about like how it's so difficult to interpret how people are saying things over text, like that's even with someone who lives in the same city as you. And then I feel like that's just like amplified when someone is you know hundreds or thousands of kilometers away because text is then really like your primary form of communication and you can't like balance it out with seeing them and kind of have that reassurance of seeing them and so I feel like yeah it really just like exemplifies all of the problems not problems I don't think that's quite the right word but all of the like challenges that come up with not being able to read emotions over written forms of communication super easily
1: no absolutely and I feel like I feel like the other thing about that is then your relationship itself so it's funny because I feel like I feel as though social media everyone has a lot of feelings about social media but the thing is I was doing a project about social media and grief which we will talk about in another episode and that's actually I'm excited to talk about that whenever we do and uh, it was interesting because so I'm, as we mentioned before, I'm international. I'm from India. I've lived here for the last five years. Uh, we were talking about like dealing with loss and grief. Um, and everyone was talking about how social media ultimately hasn't helped and hasn't done this and hasn't done that. And one specific. But but at the same time, they couldn't deny the community it gave them. Um, and I, this this has a point. And, and one person was talking to me, though, and pointed out to me um, that so much of my grieving had to be on social media because and my processing this loss that I'd I'd been through was on social media because my family was all away in India and I was in the US well my family was in India and like in Europe and like scattered because all of us are doing our our own thing and um and so were it not for social media were it not for the ability to even have long distance communication which even like 30 years ago was not really a thing like it is today I, the experience of dealing with that kind of loss and dealing with st- and the, the strengthening of that relationship wouldn't just would not have been the same, and it's so interesting to me that like, so that was just a very that so that is a very intense, um example. But the fact is that you deal with little bits of loss and little bits of emotion like that on different scales all the time. Like you live your you're living your life all the time. If if I see some something someone who's in a rough situation on the street that really that kind of stuff really impacts me and it really sits with me for a long time and it's almost a loss of your sense of like of something and they're they, and whoever this is like if so, whatever hard time they're having you feel you feel that empathy for them and you feel that kind of i don't know if i'm communicating this well but you feel that sort of sadness and if and essentially a lot some of the things that build relationships are your friends helping you get through that? Are the people in your life helping you get through that? And for someone like me, who my primary love language is touch, and I'm very much a context-based person, and I, I work so well in person, long-distance relationships have been a massive learning experience in terms of learning how to be precise with the kinds of words I use um, and learning how to communicate and how to actually build relationships in a way that's very not inherent to me at all.
0: Okay, I have two completely different things that I want to delve into, both of which are related to what you just said. So I'm just gonna say both of them, and then I guess we could have two conversations simultaneously. Hopefully it'll work out. Firstly, I do really want to go into this thing of love languages, mostly because my partner's primary love language is touch, and I know that it's something that like he finds really, really difficult. And like I just like I just don't know what I can do about that. And like, I know that it kind of like sucks for him, like more so than it does for me because touch isn't one of my primary love languages. Um, And so firstly, like I do want to get your views on that and whether you think there are like ways that someone whose primary love language is touch can still like feel that kind of that aspect of love in a long distance relationship. And then the other thing that I want to talk about that's related to is the idea that part of building closeness with someone is supporting them through difficult things is the idea of jealousy and not how people typically think of jealousy in a long distance relationship. Like, honestly, if you have a healthy relationship, you shouldn't be worried about like your partner cheating on you. Like, I just, that means that either your relationship isn't very healthy, or that you have a lot of insecurity you need to work out. And that's a whole other thing. That's not the kind of jealousy I'm talking about. The kind of jealousy that I'm talking about is being jealous of the people who get to be the ones who are there for like your person, whoever that is, whether it's like your friend, your family member, your partner. I know for me, I can get like jealous in that way kind of easily because like I so want to be there to support the people who I care about. And sometimes, especially with time difference, like I'm not like available even to like chat over text at the right times or like someone, like especially someone whose love language is touch, for example, might want to go to a friend who can give them a hug to get support for something and then might want to like use your friendship in a different way for a different aspect. But for someone like me, because acts of service is so huge for me like I want to be the one to support my friends through things and support my partner through things and it can I can feel so hurt and so distant from someone when I'm not able to do that and I can definitely get really jealous of the people who like are able to do that for the people who I love like I'm always thinking like Like really like this person who doesn't even like care about this person as much as I do, they get to be the one to be there for them. Oh, it's so unfair. And I know that that's like a horrible way to think about it because ultimately like at my core, like I'm happy that this person who I love has someone there to support them because that is really the thing that matters the most. But there is simultaneously that part of me that does feel that jealousy of like someone else gets to help them in a way that I can't. And I, guess that's probably kind of mixed up in like some actually I don't know for me if it is mixed up with guilt I think that it is primarily an act of servicing because I'm someone who like I really do I think communicate I really do define myself whether this is good or bad or probably a huge mixture um as someone who like is always there for people like I tend to be The friend that people go to for, like, serious things to, like, talk through serious problems with them or, like, ask for advice or, like, get help or support or whatever. And so, yeah, that aspect of long distance can be really hard because people do generally go to you for advice and support less when you're not in the same place as them. And I think especially for, like, really, really close relationships, that can be really hard. It
1: also becomes, I don't know, I feel relationships do become a part of your identity, they do they just do the fact that you that someone as incredible as you is is my best friend makes such a difference to me and I mean and that doesn't mean that it's the only thing that informs how I view myself but it is a thing that informs how I view myself and so I feel it makes total sense to me that it does impact it, it like and I know it does for me too I know it does impact me when when it kind of sucks that I don't know what your daily life and and Berlin is like, and when I don't know what, when I can't help you through, if you just had a rough day at work, and I can't make you a cup of tea because I know, it would be I could, It does suck, and it's just the sort of thing that you know it sucks, but it also is what it is, and and you sort of it. I mean, from from where I'm coming from, um, and how I learn to deal with things is just knowing that that's something that I can capitalize on more when we're together again, mm-hmm. um, and there's. But it, but it does suck because... It, and there's just no way around it. It doesn't... Nothing about it is ever... Nothing about it feels good, let me say. I don't know if it is or isn't good because I can't... I just, I'm not omniscient. Just not, not, not in my MO. But, <laughs> but, but it just... Because it's hard, right? It's, it's, I think especially for me... I used to find this really hard. Fun fact. Um, so, you know how I joked before. Y'all, y'all, you know I joked before about being the chronic single friend. I used to get really, um, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I used to get really friend jealous when Maddie would go to their partners for advice and for support instead of coming to me because I, cause like my friendships are like the single most important thing to me. Well, not single most important thing. I obviously, I love my family and all of that good stuff, but the friends who are like family to me are um, the, the, all of that family, w- when all the connotations are the single most important thing to me. And so, and especially because they came first and their partners were always, I always knew their partners through Maddie, like that's how it worked. Um, and so because I didn't feel that connection with their partners, of course, their current partner is a bit different because this relationship is different. I would always, I could never understand why they would choose to go to a partner over me because to me I was thinking but we're so close and they're just a partner and well my views about this are strange but that's the thing so I get it like I I get I get the feeling and this is this is I don't know I guess it's one of
0: those things that yeah it's like I think that all of the like problems or issues or challenges or whatever you want to call it that can really come up in terms of long distance communication like they all already exist in like short Mm -hmm. distance communication
1: (laughs) yeah they just I think I think they're just a bit exacerbated depending on the context
0: yeah exactly and I think that there's like multiple different contexts that can exacerbate that so like for example I know like for me I've had some like friend jealousy in the past like towards Priyanka especially when like she would turn to people who like I didn't think were very good friends for advice and I would feel quite like offended by that and I think that maybe there was a part of that for like you in terms of like my previous partners when they really weren't good relationships and you were like really like you'd rather go to them over me and like part of it was like okay you'd rather go to another person over me but part of it was like you'd rather go to like them specifically over me <laughs> so I think that like that's something that can exacerbate it like being far apart from each other can exacerbate it I don't think that long distance is like unique in that way. It's not like the only thing that can make something worse. There are many different things that can make something worse. And I feel like it's probably just good or helpful to like have an idea of how those things do interact. Because I do think that once you're aware of something, it is generally a lot easier to reduce the effects of it or like reduce how immersed in the effects you become.
1: The other interesting thing that just occurred to me thinking about the love languages piece was that things, the languages of words of affirmation and gifts lend themselves much more easily to long distance than do acts of service and touch and quality time is somewhere in between because our Skypes to me are quality time because we're very focused and very present with each other. Or our phone calls are quality time. They equate quality time. But because I'm someone whose love languages are centered, and yours too, are centered more in the being present, like in the same place with each other. Um, I think that quality time obviously has a, a bit more maybe intensity when we're actually together. Um, but that's the thing. And I think that's why our friendship is quite not easy, up yeah, because that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean, it, the, the the fact that quality time is so important to both of us, and it's our second language works really well, but I was just thinking as you were talking and making that point, that it occurred to me that for someone whose love language is words of affirmation, as an example, um, not to say that long distance is therefore easier for them, because I, I just don't know, and I wouldn't say that, But um, but also it definitely does, someone saying, just saying the words I love you probably makes them feel loved in a way that it just doesn't for me because I just doesn't hold the same way and so it's the sort of thing where it's interesting that almost like developing your ability to read love in different ways is probably a really good idea in general because it's probably just going to help you with your relationships and help feel more fulfilled in something that's not an easy situation so I mean just it didn't occur to me until until literally just now when you were talking about it that's so interesting, because because with with us or with you and your partner, it's just one of those things where all three of us have very in person love languages, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just the sort of thing that, for me, I think that's also why initially when I first started dealing with long distance friendships when we came to college. I felt so distant from my friends unless we were always Skyping. And Maddie, you remember this. Like, always Skyping, always talking, always doing things. Because otherwise, I just didn't feel their love communicated to me at all. And obviously, I didn't have any of the vocabulary or the frameworks to understand any of it. But that's super interesting. I never clocked that before.
0: Yeah, I think that is also really interesting because it might help to explain maybe if you're in a kind of long-distance relationship with someone maybe like let's say for example like a friend who lives really far away and you really really miss them and I know sometimes like for me it can feel difficult when I feel like someone doesn't like miss me as much as I miss them and I know that that isn't always like necessarily the healthiest way to look at things and definitely doesn't always manifest in a super healthy way. But realistically, it's a feeling that I experience and I'm sure lots of other people do as well. I think maybe keeping in mind that some love languages are maybe a little bit more conducive to long distance might explain some of that. Like, it's not that your friend doesn't love you any less. It's probably that they're more able to feel your love than maybe you are for them. This is totally just theory. I'd be super interested to talk to someone whose love languages are words of affirmation especially who's like yeah experienced some kind of long distance relationship just to see what kind of impact that has I mean I'm sure that there would be other I'm sure that there would be other challenges that come up like I don't think like I feel like I'm totally unqualified to say like what is harder or what is easier I do think that touch in general is like the most difficult because I feel in terms of long distance because I feel like for all of the other ones like even for of service like there are ways to go around that whereas like there is no way to like physically touch someone who's thousands of kilometers away from you like there just yeah isn't
1: there isn't something that for me I do this with friends all the time is I'll virtually boop their nose or I'll like virtually give them a hug wherein I'm really hugging my computer and I know that sounds really sad I am aware let me put this out there I am aware of how sad this sounds however for me this is this is also another reason by the way why I cannot have online relationships like online dating is not a thing that really works for me until I meet the person in person because I work so much off of physical presence but it's just it doesn't work because I 'cause so if so with I know I don't do this with Maddie because I don't know, I just it's never had to come up. But like with some of my friends from high school, for example, I absolutely I think Maddie I have booped your nose virtually a couple of times, but but I'll boop their nose or like stroke their hair virtually where if you look at what I'm doing, I'm stroking my computer. Wow, I sound like such a lunatic. Okay, great. No, it makes um. so much
0: sense. Like you are not alone in doing that. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm glad. Because the thing, the truth is for me, as someone, I, I just, I need to do that because I, because, the, the especially someone who like, because my love language is touch, I know what that feeling is. That feeling is very, very strong for me. I know what it feels like to be stroking their hair or to be booping their nose or to be giving them a hug. And, and if I can do that, if I can, if I can like create that, action from my end then I feel like it it doesn't replace it obviously it never will but it does sort of it makes me feel like I'm doing the thing I would do to communicate what I want to and and for example I have this one friend she's one of my closest closest friends from one of my best friends from high school um I have this thing where we play this game all the time where I'll start stroking her hair like her head because it's something I do to just like i don't know show affection whatever blah, blah blah calm her down if she's having a tough time and i'll always do it where i'm hiding my arm so she can't see that i'm actually doing it and she always knows she always knows she can always somewhat feel it and like that for example that means a lot to me because even though we're far apart because we haven't been in the same place the first time we saw each other in person was after two whole years was um in march this year we hadn't seen each other in two years and we saw each other in person for the first time in two years so that's how little i i was able to communicate with touch by touch with her but because of that lack i think we developed that sense of being able to tell when i was attempting to communicate through touch and she was able to pick up on it and she would she says she and i don't know i mean you know you use you say the words out loud and then i feel like maybe it sounds strange but it's true because we just I felt that kind of energy like I felt like I was putting out that kind of energy and she was definitely feeling it because we're very connected and we're like we're so close and she's practically like a sister to me so so yeah I don't know that's something that has definitely worked for me in the past Um, and I feel like with you and me I think because so much of our friendship was built on quality time
0: Especially because in the early stages of our friendship, I feel like I was quite a first to touch. Like I didn't really want to be hugged very often. I didn't really, I wasn't like super comfortable with like cuddling with people or like being cuddly with people. And so like that's definitely changed a lot in the past couple of years. I mean, obviously it's changed a lot because of our friendship, but I think that probably because that wasn't like the foundation of our friendship, like that might be a reason why it's kind of a bit different
1: right exactly and if I even if I think about um it's interesting because if I think about the friend the close friendships that I have so like with with um another one of my friends the, the one of my close friends from Bangalore um the one who's quite similar to you even with her she, like she isn't massively a touch person either so like it's skyping her like skyping her for seven hours means a lot more to me than like booping her nose virtually um but with with god i don't know if i can say their names i should just ask them if i can say their names next time because this is just hard (laughs) but but you know who i'm talking about but with the other one the one i was referring to earlier where like i will like stroke her head virtually like i think touch does mean more to her than it does a lot of other people i don't quite know whether what order her love languages are in but um with that it really does mean something to both of us or with him with a third from our little group of four uh with our third <laughs> with one of my third closest friends from Bangalore um from high school rather with my third best friend from high school with him it's like we alternate we with him our thing is we don't have to like Skype very often when we do we'll like maybe occasionally virtually boop our, like boop each other's nose or whatever once in a while but our friendship is so much more based in different things. And I think that's also interesting. Is like thinking about what you were saying about the way your friendship exists is just exacerbated and emphasized and almost like the core of it and what forms it, I think really comes out in long distance because you have to, because everything else falls apart. The, all of the externals, all of the like wishy-washy BS falls apart because you only have what connects you left and what really connects you as people left. And then that, because and I think that's also why Long distance is often such a test of time and patience and also whether you really want to commit to that friendship because, and that's, oh, yeah, I did want to say this before and I completely forgot. Because the truth is that it's not always going to be all like rainbows and unicorns and happy clouds and all of that good stuff. Because truly, there are totally times, like even in the long distance friendships, there's been so much learning that I've had with my three best friends from high school where we had times where our friendships weren't as good and we had times where they got better because we had to learn how to navigate that and how to navigate things falling to the wayside and all of the other thing, all of the other frilly you know, um, platitudes that made our friendship work, especially as teenagers. And when all of that disappeared and, and the fact that you keep changing as people and moving forward, You have to you have to fall back on the thing that connected you in the first place. And if that thing just isn't strong enough, then it just isn't strong enough. And thankfully, I can I can say that it was strong enough in all of those cases. But I think that's really interesting to think about, too, is it really exposes the bare, bare like truth of your relationship with someone.
0: I agree so much. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's why long distance has such a bad rep. Because obviously, as a five, when I was considering embarking in a long distance romantic relationship, I read every single article <laughs> that I can find online that was like, I'm graduating from college Should I stay with my partner and be in a long distance relationship <laughs> and like so much like advice online so you know did my research as fives are want to do <laughs> <laughs> And one of the things that I came across was that statistically, long distance romantic relationships do not end at a different rate to like same city relationships. Like they're actually completely the same. But yeah, long distance has such a bad rep. But I think that the only reason it has a bad rep is because... People just, like, think it's harder. I don't know. But I think that it's really interesting that, like, it's actually the same. Because I think that, I think what it is, is that I think a relationship might end more quickly with long distance. But I think that if a relationship ends when it's long distance, it would have ended short distances as well. It just would have taken longer.
1: I agree. I agree. I totally, I totally agree.
0: Yeah, and I think that that goes right back to what you were saying and that long distance really exposes the core truth of your relationship with someone because there isn't anything else to hide behind. You can't escape from any problems that do exist. Like, you have to face things head on. And I think that that's a beautiful part of long distance relationships. I think Absolutely. that's why that in the right situations, they can actually bring you closer with someone because if both of you are putting in so much effort to understand each other despite maybe not being able to communicate through your primary love languages despite not being able to see each other despite not being able to talk to each other as frequently or do simple things together like going to get groceries together or cooking dinner together if you're willing to put in all of that effort and all of that energy, of course it's going to create something stronger. And I think that if you're not willing to put in that energy, eventually you'll get to that place in a short-distance relationship as well.
1: Sorry, I'm just having a lot of feels because it's just so true, it just, that was so... I think we should wrap up on that very beautiful note because it was just so poignant. And I just have feels and I'm not, I'm unable to... I'm. I'm kind of fields it out at the moment.
0: <laughs> On that note, then let's wrap up.
1: <laughs> if you also had fields because you're a sap like me, please share. If you didn't have fields and you disagree with everything we said, please also share. If you want, just want to make you feel hurt. In a
0: long distance, if you're in a long distance romantic relationship, let's commiserate. If you're in multiple long distance friendships, let's also commiserate because it's tough
1: yeah it's a it's a time, but also, if you have any tips that you've seen that have helped yours that maybe we didn't bring up, then feel free to share. I mean, we're all about the community here, and we want to help out help each other out. that is
0: mm-hmm.
1: not we want to help you out because we don't have the answers. That's, that's what I mean, if that wasn't obvious already, <laughs> yeah, righty. so that's us for this week,
0: anyway, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and yeah we really can't wait to hear from you
1: much love peace out
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of imperfection in training
1: we'll check in again next week same time same place until next time